In an election that will determine the fate of the entire universe, there's only one podcast holding politicians accountable. Scott Morrison, Anthony Albanese. Who will lose? Find out on The Chaser Report, Election Edition. Hello and welcome to the election edition of The Chaser Report. It's Tuesday the 3rd of May. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello. Now, we've got two famous musicians on the podcast today. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, one of them is called Ben Lee. He's coming up to talk politics. He's very known for his uh, political musings. And and a wonderful musician. But also, someone who's been gallivanting around Australia, billing himself as the hot one from The Chaser... Mm. Andrew Hanson, welcome back to the pod. Oh, yeah. It's so horrible to be back here with you two. I, ca- I can't believe we've got Andrew Hanson. He's this so hot. Incredible. I mean, Ben Lee's oh, no, great, but Andrew oh, Hanson. Bit smoke. I, I thought I'd deign to stoop to uh, to be here, largely to plug my tour is the only reason I agreed to this. <laughs> um, uh, how how tongue-in-cheek was the hot thing intended as? Because I, I see it throughout all of your socials. I, I stalk you online because you're so famous now. And I can't mm. work out whether you genuinely think you're the hot one from the chaser. We all know it's not me. Like, dude, there's no irony there. There are other contenders. Look at, me. Look, at how, look at how smoking hot I am. If you follow my socials, you will have seen my headshot. And every time you see it, you would think, ooh, he's hot. What about Craig? And, and no. Chris, for that matter. Craig, Craig's the wooden one from the chaser. <laughs> and, yeah, but you burn and, water and it gets hot. And what's Chris? Chris is the formerly hot one from the chaser. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, yeah, he's yeah. the one who w- w- was hot. Yeah, there yeah, were yeah. Chaz I mean, fans even back in the day. Everyone uh, had it. I mean, there were uh, even some Jules fans in the in the early days. Okay, because you used to bill yourself as the good one from the chaser, and I think that was yeah. more indisputable. Yeah, well, look, I have to rebrand myself every tour, Dommy, to generate some interest. I, I'm wondering about the next tour. That's mm. what I'm thinking. Like, what should I be? What the bad you? boy. From the chaser. Oh, hey, that's cool. yeah. the bad boy from the, oh, the the naughty one. What about yeah, yeah. the dead one from the chaser? And it yeah. will really confuse that, potential that, ticket buyers. That, that might become true by the next <laughs> tour. It depends how how badly this one goes. So look, we will get on to politics and the election news of the day, but there is an issue we need to raise. <laughs> and look, it's a place very near to where I grew up and very yeah. near to my heart. It's mm. called Chatswood. It's a Lower North Shore hey, suburb of Sydney. Dom, no need to swear on the podcast. And Andrew, I gather you're doing a gig there. Oh, this Why? is the thing. Look, I've got oh, I've got three more dates on my tour. Let, let me explain. All right, this Sunday in Brisbane, and and the tickets are selling fast because I'm so hot. Right. Mm. Then I'm doing two shows in Sydney. Right. So this Saturday night, I'm doing the factory in Marrickville. Tickets Lovely. are selling fast because yes. I'm so hot. But. Where I've hit a bit of a stumbling block mm. is that for reasons unknown to me, my producer booked a show this Friday mm. in Chatswood. Yes, at the concourse? At the concourse. Mm. Yeah, where, we, where we, I, we played that last to Wednesday. And, and did you, I mean, because what, I, I don't it know was, how It was very meant, packed. But, I think probably ah. your problem, Andrew, is that you've mm. got to go after the older set. Mm. You've got you to ah. appeal to, I don't know, think of... People who watch Sean McAuliffe. They don't on, like yeah, hot on free to air television. They don't want hot. Maybe I should have billed myself as the uh, the elderly, the old one, old one. or the, yeah. the tepid, the tepid one. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> slow one. If the you, slow one well, from just, the chaser. Just plug that you've got a whole lot of anecdotes from World War Two, <laughs> and people. Oh yes, I'll go along to that. That sounds <laughs> like a a jolly time, a proper night out like 1953. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. I think the problem is Chatswood. Yes. Because what people don't realise mm. is it's not as dreary as it used to be. 
And and this is I've actually teamed up. I don't know if you know this. I've teamed up with the uh, the Chatswood Chamber of Commerce. Oh, right. Um, to rebrand the suburb of Chatswood and and remind people just what a happening and undreary place it actually is. Take a listen to my ad. Chatswood. Everyone thinks it's a dull, dreary dump. Wrong. Studies show Chatswood is now 83% less dreary than it used to be. With a modern library. A Westfield that's as big as a Westfield. And the indulgence of a Ben and Jerry's. Please note Chatswood Ben and Jerry's recently closed down. And best of all, the hot one from The Chaser, Andrew Hansen, is live at Chatswood's Concourse Theatre this Friday, the 6th of May. Oh my God, Andrew Hansen's so hot! Plus Marrickville on May 7 and Brisbane, May 8. Book Andrew Hansen through Ticketek. And remember, Chatswood's less dreary than it used to be. Right, well, that's the stuff we had to do to convince Andy to come back uh, on the podcast. <laughs> on today's show... Um, You've even got a quiz and a sketch for us, Andrew. You've really come bearing gifts. Oh, I've got so many goodies for you, Donnie. I've got a lot of goodies. Well, we'll go with the hot muso before we go with Ben Lee. And there's going to be a bit of awkwardness, though, because didn't you write a song about Ben Lee once, Andrew? Let's have a mm. quick listen to uh, that song and just think about how awkward this might be. And now the great Michael Jackson's been taken from me But I don't understand, Lord Why don't you take Ben Lee? And then I believe I found the worst candidate running in the 2022 federal election. But before we do any of that, let's check in with Charles' Daily Wrap. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Wrap for Tuesday the 3rd of May. Inflation is soaring and now interest rates are going up, up, up. Morrison says you should vote for him because he's better at managing the economy. But at the same time, he's not actually responsible for what's happening to the economy. Uh, And anyone who says he is, is just playing politics. You know what? It's not about politics. If you actually listen carefully to that clip, you can hear the moment that Scott Morrison realises he's about to lose the election. It's not about politics. This leaves Morrison in a bit of a pickle. Until now, his sales pitch has been simple. You'll have more money under me. Now he's like, well, let's not talk about money. Maybe that hate campaign against trans women wasn't such a bad idea after all. Labor says the solution to rising prices and mortgages is to make wages rise. But Morrison says the government has no power over wages either. Isn't it amazing how little of the economy Morrison is suddenly responsible for? As interest rates rise, the average homeowner could be paying an extra five to $600 a month by the end of the year, which will be the first time in living memory that the brunt of economic pain has not been experienced by millennials and Zoomers. In fact, they may end up comparatively better off than the Boomers and Gen Xers who own their own homes. What the hell is going on? Isn't the whole reason we elected Morrison in the first place was to shit on millennials and Zoomers? Meanwhile, Jason and Kylie are reuniting for the final episode of Neighbours. I'll be with you soon, okay? 
This has nothing to do with the election, but it's pretty cool. That's the wrap for Tuesday the 3rd of May. We'll be back in a sec. The Chaser Report. Well, uh, now I know that you guys have uh, invited uh, me here to be part of the election podcast. And I'd like to learn as much as I can and be an informed voter, Charles and Don. Mm. So uh, the place that I like to head for is the place that I, I imagine most Australians go for uh, for all their in-depth analysis. And that is breakfast television. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've prepared uh, just to test, you know, how uh, well-informed the two of you are. I've put together a little quiz uh, that I like to call... Andrew Hansen's Breakfast Television Election Quiz. Catchy title. Brilliant. It's a great play. title, don't you think? Mm, I nice. think I'm hoping to spin this off mm. into a major television series. Yeah. Um, now let's dive into uh, Sunrise. Now I've um, I'm gathered some moments of our dear Prime Minister and his appearance on Sunrise the other morning. Now uh, I'd like you to just have a, a listen to this because you know you know Albo he he caught COVID at mm. uh, the start of the campaign and. They asked ScoMo, what, you know, what did he think of this? And this is what Morrison had to say. Well, I wish Anthony all the best, having had COVID myself. Um, you know, it can, you can get pretty crook, as I did for a few days. Um, but so I gave him a few tips last night on a text message, some of the things I did when I had it. Now, isn't that nice of Morrison? Mm. He's, he's, he's the Florence Nightingale of, of the election, really, mm. isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's giving nice tips to Alba. Um, quiz... What kind of tips, Dommy, do you think Morrison offered Albo to, to help him get better from COVID out of the goodness of his heart? I can imagine he said, look, the thing to do is if you've got Omicron, you need to also get Delta. Or if you've got Delta, get Omicron. Just make sure you get them all in one long succession. <laughs> the other thing he might have said is, um, the way I address any, uh, any problem like this is to announce that I have a plan for it and then not do it. <laughs> Charles? Yeah, well, <laughs> I reckon um, it would have been... Because you've got to get into the psychology of what Scott Morrison would do if he mm. had COVID. And it would be like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to get your wife to do everything for you. Oh, yes. So I reckon it would have been all about just mm. get your partner to... Like, this is mm. a total excuse for getting out of work, getting out of the housework, getting out of everything. It would have mm. just been that. Yeah, look, well, I'd love to be able to reveal uh, an actual answer. Mm. To you, but um, but those texts remain secret. Oh. He, Morrison didn't divulge the, what uh, the only texts to Scott Morrison's that haven't been leaked <laughs> to the media. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wait for it in tomorrow's news. I'm sure. All right. Now uh, the other question, of course, on everybody's lips is: you know, I mean, Scott Morrison. He's sort of known as a man, man of the world. Gets around. Um, this is an interesting little revelation because just in case you didn't know the very first thing that Scott Morrison did after the last election, well, he, he told Sunrise what that was. Have a listen. After the last election, the first place I went as Prime Minister was... Now, can you tell me, Charles, oh, yes. after the last election, what was the first place Scott Morrison went as Prime Minister? Well, I know this. We all know this, which is flight centre <laughs> to, to book a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. He just went, oh, he would, and he would go to flight yeah. centre. He wouldn't book online, nah. would he? Morrison would go yeah. to an old-fashioned travel agent. He's not a do-it-yourself guy, no, let's face yeah. it. Um, no, although he may shy. have gone to Bunnings. Oh. So it's either Bunnings oh, yes. or Hillsong. 
Yes, or yeah. basically a very intimate embrace with Paul Murray. I don't know which of those three things it was. Well, I, I'm going to play the answer for you. And uh, it turns out, Charles, you were pretty close. Take a listen. After the last election, the first place I went as Prime Minister was to the Solomon Islands. Oh! oh here you go. Wow. He went on holiday. I win. Oh, that's a point for me, surely. That is yes. a point for me. Hawaii is not the only tropical paradise that he uh, that he likes to swan off to. <laughs> and, and a point for Scott Morrison. The yes. last time he actually conducted a valuable diplomatic exercise. Yeah, but do you think he knew that it was a separate country? Or do you think he just sort of was a holiday resort? Like, did it even occur to yeah. him? Or did he think it was maybe a, a pilgrimage to the site of the biblical King Solomon? I don't know. <laughs> um, but maybe that's why, maybe this is why the China deal took place. Yes. Maybe the Solomon Islands had but, Scott Morrison visit and were so <laughs> nauseated by him that they immediately went to China and said, yeah. please, please, we need a new partner. We need to get rid of <laughs> that true. ukulele playing guy. <laughs> yeah. Had he not gone, we could have avoided all yeah. this trouble. Uh, what a huge error. <laughs> Let, let's stop him going yeah. anywhere else. Good God, please, please tell me he's not booked any trips to any other strategic partners. <laughs> yeah, we, we must put a stop to this. Uh, uh, all right, now, uh, speaking of the... Uh, the Solomons, of course, um, uh, the uh, the host of Sunrise, <clears throat> Natalie Barr, she she did grill Morrison about uh, his thoughts about the whole sort of China Solomons deal, and she she wanted to get a straight answer out of him as to what he thought had really gone on. Take a listen. When you say China doesn't play by our rules, are you saying uh, that? China has bribed ministers, uh, people in the Solomon Islands government. Uh, the best thing for me to say is they don't play by the same rules as transparent liberal democracies. That sounds pretty loaded. It sounds like a yes. So uh, well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I would have thought that playing by Scott Morrison's rules would be about bribing ministers. This is the most corrupt government we've ever had. <laughs> At a federal level, <laughs> like, like, isn't he saying? Maybe that's his Surely, what he's implying <laughs> is, well, China yeah. didn't go in and bribe all the ministers. Well, yeah, to be fair, there's <laughs> a lovely our rules. There's a lovely yeah. multi-story car park now in Honiara <laughs> that uh, Scott Morrison uh, <laughs> opened while he was well, there. The promise of a car park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you yeah. saying, Tommy? Is he, he's not going to build one, yeah. is he? Yeah, they're still waiting. I imagine the Honiarans mm. <clears throat> excitedly waiting for the car park. Well, um, yeah, no, so about, you know, she, she's obviously hoping that he will say, um, you know, either yes mm. or no, mm. you know, when she says, what, what do you mean mm. when you say the best thing is to say they don't play by the same rules as transparent liberal democracies? Uh, well, he wasted no time in saying exactly what he meant by they don't play by the same rules as transparent liberal democracies. Take a listen. That sounds pretty loaded. It sounds like a yes. Well, it sounds like that they don't play by the same rules as transparent liberal democracies. Okay. <laughs> Scott Morrison doesn't play by the same rules as interviews, yeah. where you have to answer a question with a yes or a no. <laughs> no, that's right. Oh, look, what is the answer? I mean, you know, <clears throat> all these, these major parties, I mean, are we really prepared to vote for any of them or, or should we go for a rogue independent? Um, I just want to bring something to your attention because I've just noticed there is a very interesting minor party Who's running uh, in the uh, in the election? I don't know if you guys have sort of you know I don't know if you're postal voters or have sussed out all the minor parties, mm. but I think you know if we're not happy with the with Morrison and Albanese, it might be worth considering this interesting candidate. 
He's the guy who normally does those very fast voiceovers at the ends of campaign ads. You know, you know the authorizations at oh, the yes. end of those campaign ads. You know, the written and authorized by two ribbon Canberra. Mm. Well, uh, turns out <clears throat> he's he's had enough of being a voiceover artist, and he's actually running for office himself. Take a listen. Hello Australia, T. Rickman, Canberra speaking. I'm one of those very fast voiceover artists you hear reading out the authorisations in political campaign ads. For too long, very fast talkers have been relegated to the end of campaign ads where our views are largely ignored and it's time for change. Gradual change, I certainly wouldn't advocate change that takes place at a speed similar to my talking, that change would be far too fast. The major parties are both weak on policy and especially weak at talking fast enough. That's why I created the very fast voiceover party to represent the interests of people who can't help talking far too quickly. I'm essentially an independent candidate. I have no choice but to be independent because no one can hold a conversation with me so I end up sitting on my own in the corner of dinner parties talking to myself at an extremely rapid pace. So this election, vote one very fast voiceover party, but don't vote as quickly as I talk or you'll mess up the numbering on the ballot sheet. Written and <laughs> authorised by T. Rickman Canberra. I was wondering what you were going to do with the end. <laughs> I've missed your sketch, Daddy. I've got to say, congratulations. I've just This is the eighth election that we've covered <laughs> as the chaser, and you come up with a new angle on the very fast voiceover. <laughs> I, know, I didn't think I could do it because we've done so many fast voiceover sketches. And it, I, it struck me like a thunderbolt in the kitchen. I thought, there's one there's one angle on those fast voiceovers that we haven't yet the done. The last Run angle. It. The last, the last angle is that they run as a candidate. Coming in 2025, <laughs> the next angle. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Election news you can't trust. The Chaser Report. So I mentioned that there were two musical legends on today's podcast. We've already had Andrew Hansen, the hot one from The Chaser, but we now have Ben Lee, uh, the legendary... Australian independent artist from Noise Addict, lots and lots of hits on the ARIA charts, second in the Hottest 100 twice and so on, and not hitherto a noted commentator on Australian politics, Charles. How, how did we organise this one, do you know? I, I, I assume he's just got something to plug, surely? Isn't that the, uh, the reason anyone comes on this? Oh, yeah, that's, of course <laughs> they do. Well, he has had – he did write the song that I think sums up the election better than anything else so far. Mm. Uh, nothing matters but a lot goes on. Look, I think he's here actually to settle a score with uh, with Andrew Hansen, but let's find out. Ben Lee, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, congratulations on getting onto this podcast because this is, of course, the Chase Report Election Edition podcast. So, I, I assume the only reason that you're here is because you, you've you're entering politics. Are you running in this election or something? Yeah, I've um, you know, I've been I've been considering it. I think I just missed the cutoff for the oh. official um, the ballot, but mm. uh, but no, I'm definitely like you know, it's one of those weird things as an artist where like I'm passionate about it, but I'm also skeptical and innately cynical. Like I, I like. I like the way poetry affects politics. So, you know, we all try and chime in and do our bit. What What do you think of Scott Morrison's ukulele abilities? You know, his ukulele abilities are not that 
bad. It's just that he chose to show them off. Like, like if that was a hobby that we never heard him do, it would be absolutely acceptable. Yeah. But the fact that he thought that was a good idea to, to demonstrate those abilities, you know, there's a lot of people that play music as a hobby and it's just a wonderful thing for mm. them. Yes. And, and that's where it should be kept. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it felt like even his family didn't really appreciate his ukulele. Maybe we're asking too much, but I feel like our elected leaders... A basic ability to read the room is sort of a part of what we're voting for. Would you have preferred him to do one of your songs, Ben? Maybe Cigarettes Will Kill You could have been a public health message. Mm. Yeah, no, there, there are certain cultural moments that you sort of feel relieved to be left out of. <laughs> <laughs> do you use uke yourself on your uh, recordings ever? Do I use uke? I have used uke. It, yeah, it, it's not a great uke. instrument, is it? You automatically conjure images of, um, I don't know, like Hawaiian culture, and it just sort of has, like, it's hard to get it out of its stereotypes or something, or tropes. Now, we should probably address the elephant in the room, which is 14 years ago, Andrew Hansen went on national TV and made a song about you, which was not very kind to you. Well, Is there still a feud between you two? No, there was never a feud. I thought the main issue wasn't that it wasn't kind. It was just, like, not quite funny enough. Um, oh. Like, no, no, no. no. Oh. I just think, because I think the thing about, like, the way I've always used humour is that, like, I think actually perform... Because I'm deeply entrenched and always have been in, like crossing over into the world of comedy and I am um, I love working with comedians and everything but I also think comedy reaches a certain limit where performance art doesn't uh, it, like it can't touch what performance art can touch and I think at the end of the day I was funnier than that song was and so that's at the end of the day it's just got to be about what's funnier you know <laughs> oh, brutal brutal well look in in my defense and I'm going to throw Chris Taylor in front of the bus here because he's now he's not here to answer for his crimes, but the idea for the song and most of the lyrics were written by by him. They were written by Chris Taylor, and this was what was interesting at the time, Ben. Because I I rem at the time and still, um, I actually had no pro. You know, it's a song about finding Ben Lee a bit irritating. That's what the song's about. And at the time, I remember Chris presented this script to the script meeting, and said, "Here's a here's a song about Ben Lee being slightly annoying. Is this is this amusing?" And 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 could you play it, Andrew? He said, because I was, <laughs> I was the one who plays and sings, and I had no feelings about you at all, Ben. I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not going to say that, you know, you're insignificant or whatever. But I I, I had no problem with you. I, 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 well, I had to say to Chris, look, I don't spend parts of my day thinking about Ben Lee. I I don't spend hours like you do, you know, wrapping myself in, in agonies over Ben Lee. Um, so I felt awkward about being the face. Of that song, I but in the it, end, we had to fill half an hour. Ben Lee rhymed correctly. <laughs> the reason I don't think it even rhymed. Oh yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, no, it does rhyme with a few of the words. In I the mean, song, I, th yes. I think look, we um, all we're all roughly the same age, and we grew up in Sydney. Um, those of us who, who love music, and Chris is very much into his into his music. We had to from the age of what 13, 14, We all had to hear about how amazing Ben Lee was for many many years. Yes. Um, since you started Noise Attic, Ben, and I think for Chris it probably just built up as intense jealousy manifested in uh, a somewhat mean lyric. But on the bright side, a lot of musos would say it was it was flattering to be mentioned in the same breath as people like Michael Jackson. Yeah, of course, yes, of course. And, and also the other thing is about it that you're talking about somebody who is 
deliberately trying to be as annoying as possible. That was my entire, like all I was doing for that whole decade of my life was living and breathing Andy Kaufman videos. Like all I wanted to do was provoke people and annoy people. So it was like, it's not much of a criticism to say, oh, you're a bit annoying to someone who desperately only wants to be annoying. But I do remember being at the Lansdowne. I think I was seeing Sleepy Jackson and um. I hadn't heard the song, but I, Holly Throsby was there. And I think, are you friends with her? I think she was the person who first told me about it. Yeah, she was like, oh, there's this song on The Chaser. Have you heard of it? I said, no, I haven't heard of it. And she's like, oh, it's a bit mean to you. I think he was, there was concern you'd be upset about it. And I was like, I, I, it was honestly not, <laughs> not that, like, like I said, like, I just, I, to me, that was like, um, steroids like all i wanted was to be irritating it falls into a very a small but esteemed category of songs there was um the ataris had a song called ben lee um klinger had a song called ben lee and um and, and i think those oh and then um the multi peaches one of their first songs was called i wish i was ben lee so i think it's those four tunes mm. um are the canon mm. of songs that discuss the pros and cons of being a fan are of we not even the you best know, song about ben lee i mean we can't compete with the multi peaches that's very depressing to hear so you've got a new song out it's called like this or like that uh Remembering that this is an election podcast, is is there any link at all to to the election or Australian politics that we can sort of weave in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what that song like this or like that is about is about choices that seem arbitrary, but ultimately they're not because they're how we express our values, right? So when I was growing up, when you guys were all the same age, whether you were a Pearl Jam fan or a Nirvana fan was a really big deal. Mm. It actually said a lot about what your value system was. It said a lot about what you wanted out of art, what you wanted out of like conversation, out of, you know, different types of the tribe you were part of. And similarly with, you know, the Beatles or the Stones, like these are all kinds of silly things, but they do express like, they express who we are and what we want out of our lives. And I think, because I live, you know, most of the time in America, we got pretty involved with Biden's campaign um, in 2020. Um, and it was undeniable that Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, were not anybody's dream <laughs> candidate, dream platform. It, was, it wasn't even worth arguing about that. Like, you, you know, my stepdaughter, who was at the time she was 19 and very idealistic and, you know, a real lefty, the way, you know, a 19-year-old should mm, be, mm. she couldn't bring herself to campaign for Joe Biden, for the Democrats, because it just did not resonate with like her deepest held core belief system. Yet as you get older and you become pragmatic, but you also become, you understand that it's sometimes the small choices that don't seem that different, where we actually make these kind of like key decisions about how we're going to approach the future. And I think particularly when you look at climate, similarly within America, I'm under no delusion that like suddenly we're gonna like curb climate change because labor gets voted in i mean these are like huge international and almost like cosmic problems that all these multinational corporations and lobbyists are all part of influencing and it's like i i remain optimistic that they can be addressed but i also sort of just believe that like whether you go down swinging 
is part of what makes us noble as a species. I, I want to go down swinging. If we're gonna, if we are actually gonna destroy this planet and destroy our species, which there is a chance that we're going to do, mm. I want it written in like the cosmic records that I disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I think making those choices, even if they're not going to like solve the problem, they're the stories we're going to tell our kids. They're the stories they're going to tell their kids about, you know, it's like, what role did you play as the bus was going over the cliff? And it's, I, I want it to be known to my grandchildren that it was not standing silently while Donald Trump was reelected. It was not, you know, giving Scott Morrison another chance to have another four years of just ignoring the biggest subject that we need to be talking about. And that's, so, you know, it's like, in a way, you have to be a little bit hardened by life and have a certain amount of cynicism to realize that, like, damn, we can't fix it all with a vote. But like this or like that, those choices do matter. Mm. Mm. That's a very impressive uh, link, i got to say, Ben. So on, on May 21st, choose like this or, or like that, I guess. Mm. Well, just realize that, like, it does matter and it doesn't matter at the same time. I'm not going to try and convince a 19-year-old that if they vote for the Labor Party, all problems are going to be solved. Mm. But I do think from a, from a, at a level of like the integrity of our species, we have to try and make progressive choices. So you've got the album coming out August 19th, I'm Fun. How fun can we be in that uh, context you just mentioned, Ben? Where, where do you find fun? Well, that's the whole thing, man. Like... You know, I come from punk rock. I come from underground music. It's like you guys come from like, you know, poking at the bear too. Like that's what we're all doing, right? We're all mm. like on the fringes of culture trying to like take a few jabs from mm. where we stand. The mainstream, the machine of the mainstream and the music that it jams down our throat as a culture I'm not going to be able to topple that just the same way I'm not going to be able to topple climate change with one vote. But, like, I do think that toppling an empire, like, it, it has to be done with a fun. smile on your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So fun is subversive. Always. Always. Because, because in a way, like, our rebellious nature is beaten out of us with our depression and our cynicism. mm you know what I mean? Like we become like so trapped within a system that we feel we can have no effect on and mm. we're sort of useless and we just got to accept it. And then we may as well just become these like whiny complaining voices because we don't believe we can affect any real change. Fun is like, fun is cheeky. Mm. And I, I really come from that, like, like I said, Andy Kaufman, but also like Abby Hoffman, you know, like, like, mm. um, like people that sort of fought the system by, um, by just like with a wink. You know, and making you making you kind of think like, huh, like maybe the next generation are, if you could just give them a wink at the right time, you can say, hey, they didn't beat me. They didn't beat it out of me. You know, and that's like, I think like as we get older, we sort of are becoming like our generation, we're becoming like the elders, you know, of like Australian showbiz or whatever that is. And I just like, I really like... um connecting with younger artists and and kind of mentoring them and like just fostering their sense of cheeky rebelliousness and their sense of fun because i think that's where like real change can come from yeah, it's sad that we're no longer producing um comedy songs making fun of like emerging artists in their 20s no but <laughs> we've really lost it but we do yeah. we've got a number one song at the moment that is ben. true we we i heard i heard we, i've been following we it. are number yeah. one in the charts in the itunes charts Cole makes me come. 
number one. Is there is there a problem? Like, have you found that with your latest sing- single like this or like that, you've run into problems because you know there's a far more successful song out there, "Cole Makes Me Come," yeah. that's just preventing your single from getting out there. Oh, uh, look, as always, I think that uh, <laughs> the dualism that you are reflecting, <laughs> as if it can only be the Chaser <laughs> or Ben Lee, you guys are like. You guys are caught in a dualistic mindset that you've been in since 1999. We can both coexist. <laughs> hey, Ben, it's been delightful chatting to you. Oh, it's great. It's great to connect with you guys. And, um, and honestly, congratulations on, like, yeah, what you've, this moment you guys are having with this song. It really is. <laughs> it's the spirit, you know, it's, it's silly, but it's not silly. And it's like, I think silliness is like, way undervalued and it's like i just i just love that the spirit is alive in you guys after all these years to do something like that so it's awesome <laughs> and it's a, it's a banger tune like it's an earworm yeah that's the thing i like yeah about yeah, yeah. who like, actually who did the who actually it, did the music well none of us none no, of us cam, cam smith <laughs> our, our editor. So, yeah. so you talked about working with the next generation that's that's who cam smith is he's now the editor of the chaser and he's a he's a polymath and and he did, did this banger of a tune. And I mean, it's Scott Morrison as vocalist, really, you, I wouldn't have thought he had it in him based on the April Sun in Cuba. <laughs> well, I'm hoping he's going to win, a, a, you know, an aria for best rock vocal. I mean, he, he, surely he's he's eligible now, isn't he? Because he is yeah, the yeah. lead vocal in the song. We're in the aria charts. We're like number seven or something. So. Amazing! It's so amazing. It's so cool. Uh, so uh, Ben's song Like This or Like That His single is streaming now Wherever you get your streams And uh, his new album I'm Fun Is out on August the 19th And, uh, and touring touring in June Touring, touring in June, June. Touring The in parents June. get okay. high tour Touring right. in June Ben are you, after, are, you, are you after a support? Uh, if you're after a support act um, yeah, I think I'd Scott- be more than happy to come and play the annoying Ben Lee song before <laughs> before your before your set. Wait, we should actually do that, Andrew. I'm like, serious. I'm you, serious. Are you in, wait, are you in Sydney or Melbourne? I'm based in Melbourne these days, but I can. Okay, let's let's do it in Melbourne. Let's do it. That'd be really fun. I think that would be oh, funny. That's brilliant. That's great. <laughs> okay, you're cool. on. Rigging elections since before it was cool. The Chaser Report. Just before we go, um, there was a, an article in The Age this morning that I really wanted to, to bring to the table because um, it's hard to know who the least appealing candidate is in this election. I mean, and someone could argue any of them mm. were extremely unappealing. But uh, I do sympathise for the, uh, the Liberal MP for Higgins, Katie Allen, because, you know, there's been all this discussion about who's preferencing whom. And there have been all these questions about, you know, is the UAP just a Liberal front? Are they actually going to preference each other or not? Mm. Bizarrely enough, uh, last week, Katie Allen's office reported the local UAP candidate, Ingram Spencer, to the federal police Ooh. for allegedly, I'm quoting here, acting aggressively towards people and scaring everyone. And a couple of days later, he was arrested. And the claim was that he was using a carriage service to harass someone. Oh my and he was God. actually locked up ahead of a first court hearing later this week. Um, so it was a bit awkward when Katie Allen's preferences came out mm. and she had preferenced this man, Ingram Spencer, <laughs> ahead of Labor and the Greens. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, she just doesn't like Labor and the Greens very much. Yeah, I mean, clearly That's they're worse, point. right? Um, <laughs> forward. So then the age did a bit of digging around into this, this guy's track record mm. and it turns out he's a QAnon-following Vladimir Putin 
admirer <laughs> who posted on social media that he was glad Shane Warne had died what? because he was in favour of Novak Djokovic's deportation. He's also shared content, I'm just quoting the age here, questioning whether the Port Arthur massacre happened and backing ro- Russian propaganda in Ukraine. See, you know what I reckon he's actually in jail for? Is the Shane Warne comment? Everything else yeah, is excusable. That's, that's tre- treasonous. Yeah. It's a treasonous comment. That's right. And uh, it, I note that he's also a former director of uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. So you know, just a regular accountant, really. Yeah. Well, he'd be a shoe in. I reckon. It, I mean, in the times we're living in, mm. the, the the man you've just described, mm. you know, would be the president of the United States. Well, or certainly, you know. The leader of the United Australia Party, surely. Like, yeah, I reckon if he gets the very him, least. he's going to knife Craig Kelly after <laughs> the election. Uh, so there you have it. Probably the worst candidate. Although I, I have confidence in the UAP mm. to have some worse people somewhere in their list. Of well, candidates. I'm pretty sure there's a there's another UAP candidate who got arrested the other day as well. For, oh, the one for, who ran in two seats. To try to run in two seats. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe, maybe she's just ambitious. I, I think that should be encouraged, not not discouraged. That sort of behaviour. I, I think mean, we need that kind of forward thinking. <laughs> it's that kind of country. forward thinking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Craig Kelly's boasted repeatedly, as has Clive Parramatt, that they're the only party that's running in every single seat. Mm. Maybe don't next time. <laughs> maybe do some vetting. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, our gears and road microphones are part of the ACAST Creator Network, and we'll catch you tomorrow here on the Chaser Report. See ya.